Welcome to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. This is Reverend Dr. Charles E. Goodman Jr. People call me PG, and I am so honored to lead this amazing ministry that is really trying hard to glorify God. Listen, thank you for tuning in. Matter of fact, go to our website, tbcaugusta.org. You can find out about all the wonderful things that we're trying to accomplish for the kingdom of God at our church. Matter of fact, you can also give through Secure Give, Giveify. We pray that you will partner with us as we once again do all that God calls us to be. Well, let's get into that word and that experience. I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. God bless you. Welcome back. I know it's kind of strange for me to call you again. I know you thought that maybe last week's diagnosis was just a one-time thing, but I called you back because your test results have also indicated there were some other things that perhaps you've been infected with. But before I share with you the findings of your tests, I'm a man of faith. Do you mind if I pray with you? God, we come at this moment. It is our desire and our prayer that you would once again speak to our hearts. You know what we've been infected with, and you know what we are struggling with. So, God, I'm grateful that no matter what we are wrestling with, no matter what's burdening our soul, you have the cure. I'm grateful for the many who have come and to share in this examination room here at Tab Global. And Lord, I pray now that people will be blessed in this time. This is our prayer. Amen. I just come to share. I know last week we dealt with the virus that you had, which was fear. I hope that you've been really taking your medicine of faith, which cures fear. As I told you last week, that it's not just something you can do periodically, but you need to consistently take faith. I brought you back in today because your test results also came back and indicated there's another virus that you're wrestling with. Let me see if I can put it this way because I, I want to make sure that I'm tempering you. I don't want you to be so alarmed, but I need you to know that what you're facing, I don't want you to feel like you're in it by yourself. So let me share with you what I believe is going to help kind of pace this because I don't want you to feel like you're the only one in the world that has this infection. Matter of fact, you may not know this about me, but one of the things that I've learned since I was a young boy growing up with my grandparents, my grandfather loved to garden. He would grow all kinds of vegetables and things in our garden. But one of the things I realized was a burdensome to gardens or even just the yard was weeds. Weeds are unique because they seem to grow anywhere. And if we're not careful, if we do not check weeds, they can stunt the growth of our vegetables, of our grass, of everything. Matter of fact, even Jesus spoke about it when he talked about these weeds or thorns that that choke out the cares of this world. They can cause us to miss out on God's best for us. And so this second test, I want to inform you, tells me you tested positive for worrying. So today I really need to help you. Last week I helped you to try to figure out the cure for fear. And today I want to talk about the cure for the virus called worry. George Herbert said, a hundred load of worry will not pay an ounce of debt. If that's the case, how come we all wrestle and struggle with worry? Matter of fact, almost 40% of Americans are more anxious than they were at this time last year, according to the American Psychiatric Association. And when they surveyed those thousand U.S. adults, 
they reported that they were wrestling with a lot of different things that has been happening in their lives. And when they broke it down, this is what they said the average person's anxiety is focused on. 40% on things that will never happen. 30% on things about the past that can't be changed. 12% things about criticism by others, mostly untrue. 10% about health, which gets worse with stress. And out of that, only 8% about real problems that will be faced. In other words, in honest, here's the thing that worry does. Worry causes us to focus on stuff that has the potential to never happen. That's the case. Why are we infected with it? Why does it seem like at every turn, worry seems to be in our lives? Well, first of all, let me help you because I know you're still trying to navigate your diagnosis from last week. But there is a difference between worry and fear. See, worry is shallow. Fear is powerful. Worry makes you sick, but fear relates to a specific known threat. Actually, fear helps because it either moves to the fight or flight syndrome. Here's the truth. Fear is unavoidable, but worry is avoidable. Fear is deep, but worry is shallow. Worry tends to make us think that things are necessary, but it's not proactive and it's definitely not helpful. Matter of fact, worry buddies up with your imagination in order to exploit your fears. Let me help you out there. I know you didn't ask me uh, for diet uh, uh, assumptions, but let me best be honest with you. Worry is the junk food for your fears. Unlike other things that help in problem solving, worry broadcasts our fears and can actually make us more insular than what we need to be. Worrying is feeling uneasy or being overly concerned with a situation or a problem. As a matter of fact, what makes worry and anxiety so difficult is that it makes us focus on things that may never happen. Here's the truth. Chronic worrying can affect your daily life. And if we'll be honest, even in the midst of this, this pandemic, it's affected us in a lot of different ways. Worrying can affect your appetite. Worrying can affect your lifestyle habits. Worrying can affect your relationships. Worrying can affect your sleep. And yes, worry can even affect your job performance. Let's be honest, most of us don't manage worry well. And so we'll self-medicate. We'll do harmful stuff like overeating, smoking, alcohol or drugs. We'll try to do anything in order to subside that feeling of worry. Why I need to tell you why this is important, because even more rampant than fear, worry, it spreads more similar to a virus. It's invisible. Here's what's crazy. You don't have to show signs of it to have it. And it can spread from person to person. And the reason I had to rush you in to bring you to this examination today is because if you're not careful, worry can weaken your immune system because there's nothing that works quicker like fear and like worrying. Exasperated husband asked his wife, why are you always worrying when it doesn't do any good? And she quickly piped back, oh, yes, it does. 90% of the things I worry about never happen. How many of us are like her? Well, according to your chart, I, I wanted to be honest with you and tell you some of the symptoms. The physical symptoms of worry could be stomach pain or nausea or digestive trouble. Also, it tells us, according to some studies, 
It can produce headaches, insomnia, and I know that happens to us. It can cause weakness or fatigue, rapid breathing or shortness of breath, pounding heart or increased heart rate, sweating, and yes, even trembling or shaking. But there are some spiritual effects to worry too. Worry robs us of the ability to enjoy life. It makes us feel hopeless and full of shame. Listen, I, I, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a spiritual doctor, but I also believe in some practical things as well because I do think there's some good things to help us combat worry and anxiety. I believe you should see a therapist to understand your condition. I believe in practicing self-relaxation techniques like meditation. I also believe, and I'm grateful that's why you're here in this examination room, find a support group. Get, get people that you can talk to and share with. But I'm also grateful that you showed up today because what you're doing is you're educating yourself about what's going on. And I know it's difficult, but here's another way to practically press through worry. Choose to be optimistic. Have a cheerful disposition. It won't be easy, but I've learned this. Optimism is a skill that can be learned. And I know what you're saying. Doc, there's so much going on. I'm, I'm stressed on every hand, and I feel you. This pandemic, there have been days when all of us, me included, have been down, and I've been up. I've had days where I've been so hopeful for the future, and there are other days when my cup of hope, I'll be honest, has been empty. But I want to encourage you today. Embrace the wide spectrum of the other side of this issue of worry. I want you to know that it's okay to just be sometimes. Matter of fact, I want you to know something. The ultimate manual that helps us in all areas of our lives tells us how we should approach anxiety and worry. Philippians 4 and 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. 1 Peter 5 and 7 also tells us to cast all our anxieties, all our cares, all our worries on him because guess what? He cares for us. Let me be honest with you. Let me be real for a second. I understand worrying. And, and if the truth be told, sometimes it just feels good to worry. It feels natural, like the right thing to do most of the time. But let me just warn you, and even I have to warn myself, Worrying can be wasteful, wasted time, <laughs> wasted cussing, even though I know you don't cuss, wasted energy. I hear you. And the question is raised, what should I do? That's why I'm glad you came today. Because I don't believe it's God's will for you to stay worrying. I don't believe it's God's will for anxiety to weigh you down. I do not believe it's God's will for you to stay where you are. In other words, you know how you move from worrying to move beyond it is you got to learn how to trust in God and trust in God's plan. That's why I come today to let you know there's a cure for worry. And the cure for worry, catch this, I need you to get this. This is what I'm prescribing for you today. The cure for worry is peace. Yes. Last week when you had fear, I told you the cure was faith. Well, this week, the cure for the virus called worry is peace. And I want to share that with you today. 
I'm already got your prescription written out, but I need to explain to you why I feel that peace is what cures our worry. Peace I'm talking about is not something that the world can give to you. Matter of fact, the peace I'm talking about is this whole notion of shalom. It, it, it's, a, it's a word meaning wholeness and completeness and soundness. It's, it's a word that is all-encompassing. And that's why you come today, because you're raising that critical question, how do we attain peace? Listen, I know we're still waiting for a vaccine for COVID-19, and they say it's going to take 18 to 24 years, but here's the good news. There's a cure for what you're dealing with right now. There's a cure for managing it right now. This is the peace I want to offer to you today. Peace that's last. Peace that transcends situations. Peace that is able to let hope, joy overflow in our lives. Numbers 6, 24 through 26 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Psalm 29, 11 lets us know, may the Lord give strength to his people and may the Lord bless his people with peace. Let me help you. I, I won't explain it to you. I, if you're like me, whenever the doctor prescribes something, I want to make sure that I know that it works. So let me help you because peace that I'm offering to you today, that I am prescribing for you to cure your worry is going to bless us in three different ways. I'm here to tell you, money back guaranteed, I promise you that you ain't got to worry about your copay. Listen, your copay has already been paid. All you have to do is take this piece. Well, Doc, I hear you asking the question, what, what does this peace do for me? Well, number one, peace settles you. The reason I am confident in this, this peace is that peace settles you. When you think about peace, even from a definition standpoint, there's two types of peace. There's peace that deals with the cessation of hostility, but then there's another side of peace that focuses on freedom from inner turmoil. That's interesting because one side, peace says no more problems. But the other form of peace says even with problems, I can be sustained. That's the peace I'm here to offer. I'm not here to offer you a peace that tells you you're going to have the answers to every question. I'm not here to give you the peace that gives you when all this is going to end. No, the peace that I'm prescribing today that comes from God is a peace that lets you know regardless of how the trouble keeps going, I'll be okay. That's why John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Reminds me of a famous tourist spot called the Winchester Mansion in San Jose, California. This massive structure was built by a woman by the name of Sarah Winchester. She was a widow of a gun company owner, and for 38 years, from 1884 until 1922, the house was under constant construction. Teams of carpenters, masons, and other workers worked around the clock in order to keep working on her house. People have asked, why did she do that so often? Many believe that she was haunted. She thought that if she kept building on the house, it would give her some sense of peace. Matter of fact, she overdid it. And in that one house, there's over 10,000 windows, 160 rooms in total. 
Over $70 billion in today's currency is what many have said she invested in her mansion, all in a desperate search for peace that was doomed to fail. Oh, don't look at her with that kind of look. I can see some of y'all side-eyeing already, but the truth of us, we do the same thing she does. We keep trying to build stuff ourselves and develop stuff ourselves. So we'll try to build our own homes and build our own lives. And here's the truth. You can invest as much as you want and still not have peace. You can do everything you think is needed and still not have peace. You can assign the work of your life and still not have peace. That's why this peace that I'm offering today does not come from human hands, no, it's not something I can just give to you. It's something that God has to give to you. See, peace is different. Peace is something of permanence. This shalom peace is positive. This shalom peace lets us know that God is keeping us in the midst of it. That's why Isaiah 54 and 10 says, For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love will not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed. There was once a wealthy benefactor who decided that he wanted to have someone paint the perfect picture of peace. He was going to make it a competition. And this is what he decided to do. He said, I'll get the top two painters and I'll let them go and paint the perfect picture of peace. Well, two painters ultimately ended up being the top two. And so in order to make it fair, this wealthy benefactor said, listen, guys, this is what I need you to do. Um, I need you to go find one singular place and one day, painter, you paint it, and the next day, the next painter will paint it, and y'all bring it back, and I will judge to see which is the perfect picture of peace. First painter went out on this day, and it was an absolutely gorgeous day. I mean, the sun was shining. You could see the blue sky. You could see the nice grassy knoll of hills. You could see the, the nice tree as it erect on the hillside. You could see the river babbling peacefully down, and that painter drew what they saw. Confidently brought that picture back to the wealthy benefactor and said, I've won. You can close the contest. This is the absolute best picture of peace. The wealthy benefactor looked at it and said, man, I can't argue with you. This looks amazing. You might be right. This is the perfect picture of peace. Painter number two started to object. said, how? You can't do that. In order to be fair, let me go do my painting. The benefactor said, you're right. All sense of fairness, I need to let you go. So the next day, in that same spot, painter number two goes, but things drastically change. That day, it was a major thunderstorm. Sun was hidden behind the clouds. You could see the rain pelting the ground. The tree that was standing erect before was now leaning as it was being buffeted by the wind. That cool babbling brook just the day before was now a raging body of water. And that painter drew exactly what he saw from his perspective. Brought the painting back to the wealthy benefactor and they laid them down side by side and the wealthy benefactor looked at the drawing from day one and the drawing from day two and this was his conclusion. He looked at it and said, I conclude that the winner is painter number two. Painter number one started to object, said, what do you mean his painting 
is a perfect picture of peace. Look at his painting and look at my mind. Has the sun shining? He is, has the sun covered mine? Has the, the tree standing erect in his? Has it being bent by the, by the wind? Mine has the grass flowing and the nice babbling brook. His has the grass being buffeted by the rain and the river raging. What do you mean? That's the perfect picture of peace. And that's when the benefactor said, you're right in all that you said. He said, but notice in all the confusion of his picture, notice in the branch of the tree, there's a bird that's still singing. In other words, what the benefactor was teaching those painters and to us today is that it does not matter the external stuff. The question is, can you be like that bird and still sing in the midst of storms? That's what peace is like. That's when peace keeps us. That's a peace that you can't get from the world. Peace sustains you. But also, this peace strengthens you. All of us need strength. All of us need something that can help us. And in times like this, I don't know about you, worrying has the potential and the potency to make us weak. I know I'm not the only one. Sometimes, because of worry and anxiety, don't even feel like getting out of the bed. But yet there's a peace that strengthens us when we can't strengthen ourselves. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. What I'm here to suggest to you and tell you what peace does is peace gives each of us strength. Strength we didn't even realize we had. It's a strength that only God can provide. Matter of fact, the young man was eager to grow in his Christian life. He actually just came and saw me before you showed up today. He was my prior patient. And he talked to me about this walk he's been having with God. He decided he wanted to be the perfect Christian. You know how many of us are. He wrote down all the things he would give up, places he would go minister, and the areas of ministry he would enter. He was excited. He, he put it he made a list out and took that list to the church and laid it on the altar. He thought he would feel joy, but instead he felt empty. So he went home and started adding to the list. <laughs> Wrote down more stuff that he would give up and sacrifice. But the longer the list, the more empty he felt. Matter of fact, he had a wise pastor that was a sage and mentor to him. He told him his situation, said, Pastor, listen, this is what's been happening. The longer I list them, the less I feel I, I need some help. Why am I feeling this way? Only for the wise pastor to tell him, well, this is what I want you to do. Take that piece of paper you had before, ball it up and throw it away. And I want you to grab a blank sheet of paper. That's all I want you to do with it. Sign your name on the bottom of it. Put that blank sheet of paper with your signature on it on the altar. Now, a young man did that, and guess what? Peace came in his heart. Why? Because he realized in that moment that peace does not come by what I do. Peace comes by who is with me. That when I offer God my blank sheet, when I tell God it's not me, it's you, that's the kind of peace that passes all understanding. That's why Isaiah 26 and 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he or she trusts in you. That's why this peace I'm giving to you, you don't earn it. You can't buy it at Walmart. You, you can't purchase this on Amazon. No, 
You can't get this through Google Docs. You cannot get this. This is a peace that only comes from God. It's true peace. It's where God has revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul wrote in Romans 5 and 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's why I am certain that peace can cure you is because peace is given to us through Jesus Christ. That's how you can be strong even when you're weak. That's how you can be sure even when you're uncertain. It's a peace that passes all the understanding. I'm certain this thing is going to help you because it's going to sustain you. Peace is going to strengthen you. And yes, here's the last thing. Peace secures you. I want you to know there's security in peace. That is something about peace that allows us to just be secure. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. There's a, a story in the Bible that I absolutely love. It's a story where the disciples were crossing over the other side on the Sea of Galilee. You might know this story. And what's crazy is they encounter a storm. So bad the storm is rocking the ship that they're on. But the interesting thing is that while they're above on the bow of the ship, Jesus is underneath the deck, sleep on a pillow. They tripping, y'all. If you read the story, they go down and tell Jesus. They wake him up. And this is the question that raised him. Don't you care that we're in a storm? Now, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're going to raise the question, what audacity, what gumption do these disciples have? But let's be honest. Have we not asked Jesus the same thing? Loss of job. Jesus, do you care? Loss of loved one, Jesus, do you care? Loss of finances, everything on the list. And I've come to understand I appreciate a God that can handle our questions. This is what Jesus does. He gets up to the bow of the ship, and this is what he says. Peace be still. He speaks to the wind and to the waves. And because of that moment, it also speaks to the soul and heart of the disciples. Here's the good news I want to let you know and why I am certain about peace and how it can cure your worry is God wants you to have peace. He wants to bring peace to the storms of our lives. He doesn't want us living in fear or losing our hope. When storms rage, when worry gets the best of us, when anxiety seems to be just in our minds, the God of peace is in the boat with you. Here's what I need you to know. You are not alone. You can be quarantined, but you're not alone. You can have uncertainty in life, but you're not alone. You, you can have stuff that is causing some tension and anxiety, but here's why I am sure about peace is that he's letting us know he's with us. That's why Jesus said, this peace, I leave with you. You got to learn how to turn to him today. 
When I was growing up, I used to love math until I got into algebra. Man, there was something about algebra that just was strange to me. Uh, it, it just didn't make sense. It was almost like having Mandarin or Chinese. I struggled with algebra. But I had an amazing algebra teacher there in Greensboro at Dudley High School, Ms. Gwen Johnson. And, and I appreciate her because she knew that math was going to be hard. And she made this edict to everybody, but I took it personally. This is what she said. She invited all of us. She said, if you cannot solve a problem, come to me and I'll help you. Well, I'll be honest, guys. I learned this a long time ago. If you need help, go get help. And I wore a trail between her desk and mine. And whatever the question was that I was wrestling with, whatever I could not solve, I would walk to her desk and I would remind her, remember how you promised you would help? I still had the problem, but I entrusted the problem to the one who knew how to solve it. That's why I come to let you know today, we're going to have worry, we're going to have anxiety, we're going to have problems, but here's the good news. We have someone that has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. And according to what this chart says, yes, you got worry, but there's a cure for that. And that is peace. I'm hoping this is helpful for you. I'm writing your prescription now. I want to make sure that you go ahead and take this in. But while I'm writing it, I need to know, do you really want it? See, it's one thing for me to write it down, but it's a whole other thing for you to accept it. As a doctor, I've learned that throughout the years that many times I prescribe medication. And there have been many people who didn't take the medication. You know how we can be sometimes. We get angry and mad because we're still dealing with what we're dealing with when we've been offered the solution and the cure. It's up to us to take it. That, that's my aim for you today. I, I can tell you about peace. I can share with you why peace is important. But if you don't accept it and don't take it, it won't do you no good. So that's what I want to do now. <laughs> I want to offer that to you. Just like last week, I told you to cure your fear, you needed faith. To cure your worry, your anxiety, you need peace. So if there you are and you say, listen, I need that kind of peace. I'm going to pray with you. My desire is that you embrace and accept this peace that passes all understanding. God, we come now with this time thankful for this examination room that we can come in, that we can know that no matter what we're infected with, you always have a cure. So God, just like with fear, worry comes. There's, there's no social distancing we can do that can exempt us from it. But God, I thank you that even in those anxious moments, we don't have to worry because we have you. So Lord, for those who like me have wrestled with worry and has manifested itself in physical ways, God, I pray for self-care. I pray for willingness to step outside the norm. I pray for people to be real and know that you don't have to battle this by yourself. 
I'm grateful that for every virus that comes spiritually, you don't give us the rationale to self-medicate. But God, I'm grateful that you already have the cure for us. So Lord, just like faith cures fear, thank you that peace cures worry. Thank you for a peace that sustains us. I'm thankful that even in this pandemic and quarantine and sheltering home and even as we're trying to navigate as a nation, a reopening, God, even if you don't change things, change us. Keep us still. Keep us focused. Not only does this peace sustain us that comes from you, but also let it strengthen us. Worry has wore us down. There's some who hasn't been able to sleep because of worry. I pray for rest for someone. Someone that's been trying to juggle things all for themselves. I pray strength for someone. God and our strength is not predicated on a what, but it's predicated on a who. Thank you for Jesus. That when we're weak, he makes us strong. And Lord, I thank you for the security of peace. Thank you for guarding our mind and our heart. So much going on, God. We need some guarding. And that's what peace does. So just like my algebra teacher always let us know when things get too much for us, we can always come to her. I'm grateful that that's the same promise Jesus gives to us. So we come to you now and let you know, God, we can't take this ourselves. We can't manage it. We can't figure it out. We can't compute it. So God, give us peace. Give us peace. We declare it. We receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I believe that you got that peace. I pray that you take this peace every single moment. Matter of fact, there may be someone out there now, you say, man, I needed that, that cure because I've been really wrestling with worry and anxiety, and I want to give you the opportunity to let you know that you can partner with us. You've become part of this TAB team that's really trying to make an impact. There's multiple ways for you to do that, to connect, whether texting, whether email, you can even visit our website. Or even while you're there in the comments section, you say, I really needed this word. Our IT team is ready to engage with you, to help you. Matter of fact, email us at the email that's on the screen because there may be someone say, Pastor, I heard you say about a therapist and about getting help. We want to connect you with people. We have some incredible circles of growth. We need a support system. Just need someone to talk to. We want to help with that as well. But I want you to know when all else fails, Grandma used to sing a song when I was a kid, just a little talk with Jesus will make everything all right. So we want you to partner with us. We want you to be with us. Connect. Join. We will absolutely love to have this opportunity to walk this walk with you. <laughs> the reason I can be so sure about it, the reason I can tell you that these cures work is because I tried it for myself. Oh, every day I'm taking my dose of faith 
and I'm taking my dose of peace. And I promise you, it's as good as his word. Well, as we're preparing and as you're connecting and joining and partnering with us, we're going to transition at this time to a wonderful moment that we share every month, which is our Lord's Supper experience. So let's gather our gifts together, whatever you are using to represent his body and his blood, as we get ourselves together to meet again at the table of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you have gathered your gifts together, as we are now virtually going to commune one with another, it's always a wonderful opportunity for us to come corporately at the table of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No matter that we're not in the building, we're still in the space and we can still come together as one. That's one thing that the table represents is unity. And as you gathered your gifts, let us pray as we ask God to consecrate this moment for us. God, first of all, touch our hearts. If there's things in us that does not honor you. Move it out of the way. We want to come to this table in a worthy manner, recognizing what it means in our connection with you and with one another, that we can steal for the power of this virtually, understanding the significance is still the same. So God, as we come to this moment, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ who gave his body and his blood so that we can be redeemed. Our sins could be washed away and eternal life can be attained. Not because we've been so good, but because of the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
So Lord, bless these gifts now. Bless the bread or whatever people are using to represent the body. Bless the wine or whatever people are using to represent the blood. And as we take them together, let us remember what it means to sacrifice corporately for our love and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The story of the Lord's Supper is always important to us because it commemorates to us the wonderful sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The night that he was betrayed, he brought his disciples to the upper room. There, as they were congregating together, Jesus prayed a prayer of thanksgiving to the Father. And that's always important because before you do anything, you always should acknowledge the Father. Took my bread and said, this is my body given to you. Whatever you have that's representing the body of Jesus, let us take it together at this time. Likewise, he took the wine and said, this is my blood shed on you and shed for you. Blood of the New Covenant, New Testament. Let us take whatever we're using to represent his blood at this time as we take it together. Word of God said they sang a hymn and went to the Garden of Gethsemane. For a moment as our worship and arts ministry serenades us softly, let's remember the sacrifice of Jesus. It's always important for us to, to meditate and reflect on his goodness and all that he's done for us. Thank you so much for tuning in today and sharing with us in our worship experience. I pray that the word was helpful for you. And also thank you for those who stayed on and shared with us through our Lord's Supper experience. It's always a privilege to be able to share the body and blood of Jesus with one another. Listen, we're continuing to pray for you, praying for our healthcare workers. We're praying for those on the front line. We're praying for all that you will continue to stay safe. Even in the midst of states reopening, I pray that you still be cautious, realizing that this is bigger than us. And if we're going to get through this, it's going to take us getting through it with God and with one another. I love you, but know that God loves you best. Let's lift those hands as we conclude. Say, because I've been blessed, I'm going to be a blessing. Go in peace, and may the God of peace go with you as well. Tab iFam.
Yo, I hope you receive that word today, that as number six would say, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, and the Lord give you peace. You know, in our day today, as we've finished the second installment of this series, we don't not only need the word of faith, but we also need the experience and the word of peace, that the Lord will give us peace that goes beyond all circumstances and situations, that God would allow allow his presence to be active in our lives. And as we experience the presence of God, we also experience the peace of God. You know, we got many things planned for you this week. We pray that you would engage us on social media. Shout us out. Show us that you uh, were blessed by this experience. Make sure you share and support and engage with one another. You know, the church doors may be closed, but the church is still at work. We hope that you enjoyed today. We love you. We are so proud of you and we hope that you would be a blessing wherever you're at. See you next week. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the most impactful place on the planet, Tabernacle Baptist Church. Don't forget, go by website, tbcaugusta.org, there to see all that we got going on. And also, I thank you in advance for your benevolence and your gift that helps us promote the kingdom of God. Listen, I want to see you come back. Check us out later. Love you much. Take care. Peace.